everyone, and welcome to the Receivable Savvy podcast. I'm Ernie Martin, founder and managing director of Receivable Savvy, where we provide research and best practice to help master the order to cash process. Today, we're speaking with Jay Chakaroff, vice president, product management, and marketing with High Radius. Jay joined us before, and he's back again to continue our conversation around technology and automation and accounts receivable. So, Jay, welcome back, and thanks for joining us again. Great to be back, Ernie. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And so, in our last episode, we sort of talked about you know how organizations um, should evaluate technology solutions, and you touched on things such as um, really honing in on quanti- quantifiable value and making sure that they're choosing the right organization for or the right solution for their organization you know that's that's coupled with helping them to to adhere to um, their ideal KPIs and so you know sort of describing explaining uh, a, a little bit in terms of a next step from from, from that process uh, and the move towards cloud-based solutions in accounts receivable what, what do you see sort of over the next 12, 24 months in terms of cloud-based solutions and technology, and where, where do you think we're headed? That's an interesting question. Cloud's been around, I think, for the last three to four years, I would say, in fours. Uh, and in the last two to three years, it's been the default choice that we have seen for credit and AR teams when they're looking to automate and streamline their processes. I don't think this will change much in the future. I think the cloud model is, at this point, the best we have is is a technology paradigm. It provides very easy ways and immediate ways to get value out of a system. Right. Uh, but also, the interesting thing about cloud, which is different from on-premise solutions, is that you get continuous upgrades and continuously uh, improving value out of the product because now your vendors are able to scale better. They don't have to maintain multiple versions of their product and making sure everybody is upgraded individually. But now, rather, because for one push, if it's a true multi-tenant cloud system, one push of the new functionality is immediately available to uh, to all the users, to all the customers. Uh, so that means and which is the reason why we went with cloud solutions as well, that able, we're able to now focus the hundreds of people that we would otherwise be uh, using to maintain the product in the multiple versions. Now everybody's driving new functionality uh, in, into the product. So I don't think it will change. It, because of that focus on value delivery, this paradigm will not go away anytime soon. I, mean, I think in the next three to four years, it will be the same. It's already become the default, uh, the default solution. Right. It's going to be more so in the future. Right, and we see things such as you know ERP solutions historically, you know, ten years or so ago, exclusively on premise, uh, and of course with the advent of things online and technology. Thoroughly, we see a move in that area to, to cloud-based solutions. And so with, with all these things moving to the cloud and in our personal lives and our business lives, we, we hear that term in the cloud. But you know, some people get nervous about that. And 
you know, they're hesitant uh, in terms of implementing automation in the cloud because there, there, there are concerns around possible security or access. Um, how, does, how does a company like High Radius or, or how does a consultant or someone who's an advocate for cloud-based solutions address those concerns and those issues? So we used to hear a lot of concerns about security when I first started in High Radius five years ago. Uh, we had to spend a lot of time educating the market about the security aspects of cloud. And I think the message is actually spreading. I think by now, the security in the last year or so, the security um, argument has been more or less negated. I think part of the problem is if you think about it as security, if you want to have secure data, it has to be one of the core competencies of your company. And then you have to ask yourself, how much of an investment do I want to make in that core competency? Do I want to have all my people be the best in town at managing security, or do I want to do I want to invest in the products that we as a company uh, manufacture and deliver, and the services that we deliver to our customers? For a lot of the cloud vendors, I should say for all of them. Mm-hmm. The security is their core competency. Why? Because the first time you hear about a breach for one of these systems, that vendor was not going to sell another system. It will be very tough to recover. So I think it's a testament to the investment that technology companies are making in their cloud security that you're not hearing more of that. Uh, so. I don't think necessarily it has been a big problem in the last year. I think the the hesitation around cloud has more or less gone away. Now there's questions about, in general, automation. What do we need to do in terms of credit and AR? Should we be looking at cloud for that versus ERP or a hybrid model? A lot of big companies are actually going with a hybrid model where they're using ERP for the very business processes, but they're using cloud to provide automation and additional data to support those business processes. Right, right. And in terms of, you know, that sort of making that determination that there should be uh, a higher comfort level with with cloud-based solutions, you know, and we talked about evaluating those solutions and moving towards that, you know, these things tend to be outside the context of uh, most C-level discussions. And so why do you think executives need to care more about adopting technology, being comfortable with cloud-based solutions, and uh, all the automation uh, opportunities that come along with that for accounts receivable? And. It's a great point, Ernie, and part of the reason that this has been the case is because a lot of initiatives around AR have not actually delivered on their promisings, as we mentioned in our previous episode, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the early solutions that were sold did not that were sold did not have clear ROI expectations or business cases, or they were very difficult to measure. Uh, so from that point of view, AR has not been able to move away from being a cost center and a necessary evil in a lot of these situations. Right. However, 
The interesting thing is that AR probably has a one of the largest potentials uh, to 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 reduce DSO and free up cash to either fund operations or grow for a business because you already have that money. You need to make sure that you manage it better and you get paid and that's cash that, you, that your business can now use. And trust me, CFOs are very aware of this. That's why they're looking to reduce DSO. Where the struggle has been is AR teams have not been very effective of showing that automation can reduce DSO because, frankly, a lot of early automation systems there uh, that were out in the market did not really prove, as I mentioned, of that, that impact. So what we can do is we, we need to educate AR leaders on the value of technology, but also show them specifically in their situation how the technology will have an impact, how they will save, what will they be able to do with these resources, where will the dollars come from to fund the project and to provide ROI. So savings, reallocation of resources, and how will that directly impact the DSO uh, and the bottom line, the bad debt. So some of those expenses that are occurring will get reduced and more, uh, more cash will be available uh, to fund the business. But again, AR leaders need to make that clear, build solid business cases directly to their C-suite so that they understand what the impact will be on their business. And that's what we've been doing, frankly, for, uh, for years with our, with our customers. We've worked with them to understand their process, understand their tasks, show them how uh, technology can come into play, uh, what technology can automate and take off their plate so that they can better allocate resources and what the impact would be on, uh, on uh, the cash management and collections and DSO and, again, the higher, uh, higher level KPI. Right, it, and exactly. And so w what you're referring to is, you know, that's, it sounds like that's the way to get executive sponsorship. It's, you know, specifics around DSO reduction, um, how to uh, sort of transition from a cost center to a profit center. And so that's, that's, sounds like that's part of the education process, helping AR leaders, um, to get executive sponsorship because every organization is, is, has got competing priorities. And so they always have to determine what's going to be number one, two, three, four, what's going to get their attention. And it sounds like you're saying that's what your team helps your clients do. Absolutely. What we try to do is boil it all down to dollar amounts. What can you expect? What is the ROI from each project, each technology initiative? directly in terms of dollar amounts, dollar amount for your team, dollar amount for your business. So that that's what I think is the highest impact. We've seen a lot of projects where, uh, where functional leaders went to their executives with a case that was based on little more than, hey, this would be great for a morale. It would be great if we could do ABC, you know, more team member satisfaction or soft soft benefits like that are great but the C-suite does not necessarily 
use those in prioritizing where to spend money. Right. So that's why you have to provide a solid business case. Oh, and by the way, I'll guarantee you that if your team is doing better and your your uh, your folks are not uh, you're not focused on manual activities, tracking down various uh, documentation or figuring out uh, who's got a specific piece of paper or going into website to get data or retyping from screen A to screen B, but now they're looking at working on tasks that they can directly see the impact on the team KPI on in the and on the business yep. as a whole. Yep. Satisfaction will go through the roof, and that's the evidence that we have seen uh, with a lot of our implementations as well. Right. Right. Exactly. And ultimately, that's the goal. Is is um, just making sure we're maximizing efforts, uh, and that's that's the key for every organization. And you know, Jay, the, the time you're spending with us goes by so quickly, and we're we're right up against uh, the end of this episode. But are you able to come back uh, one more time uh, to sort of cover some other topics with us? Absolutely, I would love to. Ernie. This conversation needs to be completed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we agree, and then. Perhaps we can even talk more about the, uh, the, the, the red Corvette. Um, so everyone, thanks again for joining us on the Receivable Savvy podcast. Uh, we'll get Jay to come back again, and we'll continue our discussion on technology and automation and accounts receivable. So Jay, thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having me, Ernie. Yes, and we'll see everyone next time. Thanks again. Thanks again.